0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. If Peter gets the Jesus he wants, he's dead. Peter wanted to get it right, he just wanted to help Jesus be Jesus. But if Peter gets the Jesus he wants, he's dead. Many of us here this morning are like St. Peter. We sincerely want to get it right. And we would even like to help Jesus be Jesus. But that is a dangerous game, telling him how to be the Messiah. And if we get it wrong, we are dead. Granted, Jesus does not make it easy. This is the way of Jesus in the Gospel for today. Silence, obedience, suffering and death, and frankly, that does not sit well with us. We do not like to be silent. Hardly anybody I know can keep a secret. After all, the fun of a secret is in the telling. Hardly anybody I know can obey. There was a fascinating article here on the run-up to the, uh, to the NCAA tournament, fascinating article last Sunday in the newspaper. Paper from Mike Krzyzewski, coach at Duke, one of the best programs in the nation. Now you would think that any kid anywhere who played basketball would want to go play for Krzyzewski at Duke. You think they would be willing to do what they were told. But no, he says, one of the most interesting things about the kids that he recruits is that none of them have learned to obey. He needs to get at them a different way. And we hate losers. Just watch the news. Listen to how we speak. My favorite is the motto from the Iditarod bike race. Cowards won't show and the weak will die. That says it all. (laughs) And despite our bravado, we aren't very good at dying. I think one of the reasons for that is that death is so honest. At the death point, There is no bluffing. After all, none of us are going to make it out of here alive. So now the gospel for today. Silence, obedience, suffering, and death. Silence. Peter says, you are the Christ. Jesus says, for God's sake, don't tell anyone. Obedience. Jesus says, I'm going to die. Peter says, don't be silly. That's no way for a God or a Messiah to act. I think we could probably find another way. Jesus says, Peter, you've got a mouth like a devil. And Peter says, I was just trying to help. And Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, grab a cross and get in line. And Peter says, are there any of those left where you don't actually have to put the body on the cross? Yes, that sounds like us. It may not be exactly what Peter said, but it is what he meant. And so it does prompt us to ask why Jesus does not make it easier. Why is it so hard to be a disciple? And the answer is, of course, because the damage is so deep. There is no other way to get salvation done than Jesus Christ going to the cross as atonement and dragging you along with him. The trouble for us, I think, is that most of you are actually pretty good people. Compared to other folks, you know, compared to other folks, maybe you have 10% as many sins, or maybe only 1% as many sins. The trouble, of course, is that just one sin, is enough to damn you. And that, you see, is the thing that Peter missed. It is the thing that we often fail to understand. The scriptural story is told in the way of opposites. There is light and there is darkness. There is life and there is death. There is truth and what is false. You are in or you are out. And there is no in-between in scripture. Eden was all or nothing. You obey or you leave. Heaven is all or nothing. You believe or you believe in yourself for an eternity somewhere else. The kingdom of God was all or nothing. You have all your sins forgiven or none of them are. And so in the last few weeks, nothing could have been more clear. We started with transfiguration on our way to Lent. There, Peter thought it was all going so well. Jesus with the bright face, in the bright cloud, the big voice and the dignitaries, Elijah and Moses. But then Peter was utterly undone when he discovers how subversive Jesus Christ really is. That they were not going to spend their time building three shacks and staying there forever. They were moving back down the mountain on the way to Calvary. Next, we heard how Satan came to Jesus to tempt him out of that trip. If Peter couldn't stop him, maybe Satan could. And so Satan plays on us. Jesus, don't you know your demographic? Don't you know that they do not like silence and obedience and suffering and death? Don't you know that they will settle for less? Don't you know what they would really like? Our miracles, stones to bread, or the spectacular, jumping from the temple top down in the midst of prayer, or compromise, no sharp edges. You and I could make a deal. If you could be a little less Messiah, you could be a little more king of the world. Like Peter, Satan tries to help Jesus be Messiah. And if Satan wins, it is the end of Jesus and the end of us. Now you heard how Satan was chased away last week. But it did say at the end of the text that he would bide his time and return when he had better opportunity. That opportunity comes in the Gospel for this morning. While Jesus had previously run Satan off with the word of Scripture, This morning, Satan has hold of Peter's tongue. Verses 31 and 32, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected and must be killed. Jesus spoke candidly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. The word there for rebuke is the word for performing an exorcism. Peter takes Jesus aside in order to take the spirit out of him to exercise him, if you will, of the Holy Spirit that is guiding him to the cross. Strange way to help him. And then, in turn, you see that Jesus takes Peter and rebukes him, pulls Satan out of him, puts the Holy Spirit into him with his words and example. After knowing all of that, and knowing more clearly that Jesus' way is the way of silence and obedience and suffering and death. If you would still like to help Jesus and be of some use to him, then you should come along. But you all should pack lightly. It is there in verse 34. Then Jesus called the crowd and the disciples to himself, and he said to them, If anyone would come after me, He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You should pack lightly if you mean to follow Jesus, because Jesus has packed all you need into his cross. By cross, he does not mean the normal wear and tear you face in this very evil world. What Jesus means are the things that are suffered as a witness to him, the things that are suffered on account of the sins of the world. There is only one cross that matters, only one cross that means anything, and it is the cross of Jesus Christ. It was put on your forehead and upon your heart at the time you were baptized. You were splashed with it at your baptism when you were Christed, anointed, Messiah. It was given you as a gift even as it freed you from your sins. That cross, his cross, becomes your cross. It is the only one that matters. And now you see, it is up to you to sort out how you best use that. The worst thing that God can do for you is to let you have the God you want. If God really wanted to show you that he hated you, He would let you make up your own God. He would give you the God that you think you need. But instead, he gives us Jesus Christ. He gives us not what we want, but what we really need. A perfect man God to the cross, to Calvary, for our atonement. And if you could have that as a gift, If you could have that Jesus and not shave his edges, not force him to compromise, not talk him down, not try to exercise him, if instead he could be master and you could be disciple, then you are free to do what Jesus says in verse 33, to tend the things of God, to explore his gifts. You are free to spend your life as his own, to think the things of God and not the things of men, to mind the things of God and not the things of men. To do the things of God, and not the things of men. Even silence, even obedience, even suffering, even death. And when that is done, then you can live in the confidence that you belong to Christ. And then and only then is what you've got drawn into Him. Then and only then is what you've done of any consequence. Then and only then have you helped Jesus and extended his all or nothing kingdom. God grant that to us as gift in his service, in his holy name, amen.